Do 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 do. Welcome back to Caught Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. And I'm Errol Koenig. And we are back. We are returning from the depths to bring you all the latest news from the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kick us off this week with some uh, some news from, I believe, AnimeCon? It's some sort of convention where people dress up like stuff from anime, um, which is very exciting if you were into anime, that stuff. Anime Expo, my bad. Anime Expo. It's basically the same thing. I mean, yes. Expect- yeah. Things are more exposed. So, Ryan, what'd you learn? Well... I learned, Errol, from troving the depths of the internet that Full Metal Alchemist, which already was going to get one uh, live-action movie, is actually going to get two. It's really? being split into two parts, yes, because mm-hmm. the anime was so long and has a lot a lot of stuff in it uh, that yeah. they couldn't compact it down into one movie. So it'll be two. Yeah, so this is interesting. This is a TV show that... You forced me to watch. Yes. Uh, along with a couple other friends, you guys said, hey, Errol, we're watching TV. You have to watch with us. And given that it was my TV, I said, okay, fine. Yeah, um, so we strapped him to a chair and you know, held his eyes open. And I watched this show. Turns out it was quite an entertaining anime. Uh, I'm not the biggest anime fan, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. That being said, I strongly disagree with the splitting the movie into two parts. I think, Why I think is that? that's a no-no. I think that if you're going to make a movie, the first part has to be... It has to be able to stand by itself. Uh-huh. You, if you're going to show a movie that's really just the first half of a five-hour movie, and you're going to show the other half a year later or whatever they're going to do, I think just it's not going to be good. And if you show an incomplete project for... You know, one for the first movie. No one's gonna want to see the second movie because they didn't enjoy the first movie. I th- yeah. I think it's a very slippery slope. I think that's why people, whenever they see parts one and parts two of like the final chapters and uh, in like movies franchises like Harry Potter or The Hunger Games, they always get worried because they don't know what's gonna happen. They or, or they they know it's gonna happen, but it's. The movie is yeah. the first half of the movie doesn't feel like a whole movie, and the second half of the movie, frankly, doesn't feel like a whole movie either because the first half of it is missing, all the setup yeah. and all the backstories on the, on the first half of the movie. So they they kind of have to go together, but they don't, and it's not great, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. It, I feel like it just depends on whether they can find or create a good break point, you know, mm-hmm. because like uh, when. The only, th- only thing I can really think about that that's kind of like this was when uh, Avatar The Last Airbender was getting mm-hmm. made into a live-action movie, which, I mean, it was a bad movie, but because of the way that the anime was structured, it had, you know, three three books, three seasons that were very good breaking off points already, and they just yeah. did the first book, the first season, you know, and... Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they never made the rest of it, so we don't know what they would have done. But it was a good breaking point, and it made a relatively complete movie without getting that that leftover feeling. Yeah. Well, so. I, I, I never saw the live-action ver- version of Avatar The Last Airbender, mainly because uh, when I hear the word Avatar, 
um, I automatically get really angry. Because um, <laughs> James Cameron decided to, you know, ruin six hours of my life. The movie was only three hours, <laughs> but I saw it twice. And didn't yeah, like and it either, either time. You're counting all the time that, that you've spent angry about that movie as well, lumped in oh, there. Oh, no, I'm not counting all the time I've been angry at Avatar, because if that's the case... He's it's around several more. years. It's yes, yeah, several years, years on years on years of just mm-hmm. furious hatred towards these Smurfahanas people. Yeah, we need to talk about that poster of James Cameron in your room that has you know knives sticking out of it. It's I, not, I really don't think the landlord likes that. It's fine. I mean, I don't have anything against James Cameron personally. It's just I want him to stop making movies forever and ever. <laughs> You know, nothing personal. I just hate you. Actually, that's not entirely true. I've seen a couple of his things that I enjoy. Titanic, also way too long, but, you know, it's parts of it are enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I was able to ruin it for Alana, my my, my sister. Uh, when she first saw it, um, at the very end, I walked into the house at the very last part, and I walked into the final room, and spoilers for Titanic, it sinks. Um, but at the very last scene is Rose and Leo. I forget what Leo, oh, Jack's name, Jack and Rose. Yeah. Uh, Rose is holding him, you know, in the water and he says, don't let me go. She says, I'll never let you go. And then proceeds to let him go. Yeah. Into the water. I pointed this out to my sister. She, this moment she was just bawling in tears and then she just couldn't stop laughing after I brought it up. It's, <laughs> you're, I just love that moment. It was just so funny. You're, you're such a good brother. I am. I, I really enhance the movie-going experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But whatever. Um, back to Full Metal Alchemist. We'll see if they can do it. I mean, I'm usually one to stay positive. I think this isn't the smartest move, but... Hopefully they can do it well, and if they can find a good breaking point and figure out a way how to make this into a good, cohesive uh, two-part story. Yeah. You know, I would much rather them make it too long and have an awkward break in the middle than them try and condense it down and just it be terrible. So. Yeah, and it could be terrible in both directions. We're just hoping that it's not terrible. Yeah. As long as it's not terrible, we'll, we'll be happy. It's really all we're asking for. Yeah. Hmm. So next, let's keep it in the world of anime. Yes. There's a brand new TV show coming from Adi Shankar based on the very popular video game, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. And this is a game all about people that really hate the band Creed and just want to kill them, right, Ryan? Of course. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) there's such a fanatic following of people who hate creed that they made a whole tv show and games about it and it's amazing they even had a movie starring michael fassbender yeah yeah (laughs) anyway yeah but no this is about assassinating people assassinating assassinating this is about assassinating Assassinating. people Yes. yes and it will be uh an anime uh based on it which hopefully you know, will be better than the movie, which I heard was pretty bad. It wasn't great. I mean, I, I think what's been really tough is video games. They've never really been able to crack the nut into how to make it into a good movie. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think they've ever really tried to make it into a good TV show. This might actually be a good stepping place. Like if they can figure out how to make this into a good anime TV series, then they might be able to figure out how to then take it from that into a movie. I don't know, but I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure how well it will translate because I feel like, you know, a game is, you know, in terms of scale and time is much closer to a movie than it is to a TV show. So I mean, I think you're probably right, but I think what they can do in in this TV show is they can spread it out. They can take chances on different episodes. Because Assassin's Creed also has a lot to do with time travel, because each one takes place in a different time period and mm-hmm. all that weird stuff, they might be able to play around with a different type of ideas and kind of workshop and figure out what would make the most, you know, most interesting story uh, to yeah. break it down into this, you know, more bite-sized uh, intervals. Because one of the biggest problems with making a, uh, you know, video game into a movie is because the video game, it has their story, but it's like seven hours long mixed with you know another 10 hours of shooting and intercut scenes and whatever it's it's hard to you know make the it makes the most sense to go directly from video game to movie but then you also often miss a lot of the you know little little details that make the game great but also some of the bigger i don't know it's it's tough and i think with the tv a TV series, it might be interesting because they can play around with it and try to find something that works. Mm-hmm. And I think Assassin's Creed is probably a good one to do this with, uh, just because, like you said, there's each game takes place in a different time period. You know, you can spread that out so each season is a different time period. You can do different episodes. You know, you have a lot to play with. You yeah, know, jumping within episodes. You know, it. Like you said, it gives them a lot to experiment with, and I think Assassin's Creed is probably the best one to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a good move. Yep. So we'll see. Hopefully it'll be good. I mean, again, it's all we're asking. Yes, to not be bad. Please, anyone making a movie ever, just make it not bad. Yeah. Remember that, Errol. When you're off making movies, just don't suck. Yeah, that's that's my goal. Not to make good things, just make things that aren't bad. <laughs> right? That's that's the goal. That's how you win Oscars, right? Of course. Yeah. Just make it okay, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so let's switch it over to Marvel, shall we? And let's talk Gladly. about Ant-Man and the Wasp and the new character that they just announced uh, to join the movie. Yeah. So they just announced Jimmy Woo is going to be coming on and playing or is going to be coming into the into the franchise uh he's an agent agent of shield uh who has been in a lot of the comics um including he was a big part of the uh, uh agents of atlas which is originally an organization meant to take over uh the world but then they eventually became a you know a group that to do well and do good Mm -hmm. from former agent of shield jimmy woo who kind of has a similar role in that group as phil colson has in the agents of shield that Uh, makes sense yeah i think that makes sense so it'll be interesting to see uh you know how it comes across in the movie 
But on top of that, it's being played by Randall Park uh, from Fresh Off the Boat and so many great things. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great he's a great actor. He's super funny. He was in the uh, interview uh, as a uh, Korean dictator and was hilarious. And yeah, so I'm excited to see uh, what 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 they do with that. So yeah, yeah. Now I'm very much looking forward to this, especially if you know. Since it's kind of iffy slash, we kind of know that Shield doesn't like what's happening in the Agents of Shield TV show, isn't really what's happening in the rest of the MCU kinda. Yeah, that like, having a character who can kind of fill the role, or of of Phil Coulson, you know, stepping in as Shield or something similar mm-hmm. to Shield, yeah, uh, is definitely good and kind of. You know, it grounds it in a way having a, a relatively normal person who can't shrink or fly or you know do these things so I like having characters like that in TV shows mm-hmm. especially fanatical you know fantastic ones like yeah. the Marvel movies yeah that should be good mm-hmm. I am excited to see Randall Park as Jimmy Woo I'm also just excited to see A-Man vs. the Wasp that too, yes. Yeah, in general, it seems fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's keep it in Marvel. Up next, a great uh, spinoff. Not a spinoff, but an addition to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, for their DVD extras, they're creating a music video for their Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno. Which is awesome. This is the song that played it during the end credits. Sung oh, by okay. David Hasselhoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all about what happened in, you know, the movie and stuff. And it's going to be amazing because they're making, you know, the music video with the whole cast coming in and just dancing. It's going to be like a stupid 80s music video, but like with all the Guardians cast. It's going to be it's gonna be awesome. That sounds absolutely amazing. It's going to be awesome. Uh, James Gunn posted... On his Facebook account today, is that he was really excited to announce it because it might have been the best thing he's ever worked on. <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, just looking at the poster for this, it's it's so eighties. Oh like, yeah, David Hasselhoff in you know ridiculous chest out shirt and mm-hmm. God, I love this so much already. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. It's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. So. They definitely had a, a lot of fun making this. Maybe too much fun. We'll see. Yeah, probably but, probably the right amount of fun. It's true. That's what I'm betting. I don't think you can have too much fun on this type of project. Yeah. <laughs> if you're making something stupid for the DVD extras, you might as well go all the way. Oh, yeah. So. All right. So before we continue on with uh, the rest of our podcast, I'm going to take a... Well, a moment just to reflect on something that was kind of sad that happened last week. Uh, Joan mm-hmm. Lee, wife of Stan Lee, uh, she passed away uh, at age 93. So, yeah. So our our hearts go out to you know the whole Lee family and in particular Mr. Stan Lee, you know, and everything they are going through at the moment. Yeah. So now to my favorite part of the entertainment industry. The box office. The money. 
Yes. All about the money, money, money. Gotta get them checks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, last episode, we talked about uh, my new, I guess, technique or ways of predicting movies. Um, turned out it was not the greatest one to kick off with because <laughs> I was far off for Despicable Me 3. I predicted that the opening was going to be at $91 million, and it turned out to only get 75 not great. Yep. Not yeah, great at all. That, I was a little bit off. Sorry, Errol. Yeah. And it's annoying because on top of that, my initial prediction was for 85, which would have been closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, everyone's prediction was off. The studio predicted 85 and other industry experts predicted anywhere from uh, 90 to 100. So although I might have been off on this one, so was everyone else. So I feel... Better, yep. a little bit better about that. At least um, you're all wrong together. Yes. However, they did do extremely well overseas, especially in China, where it earned the biggest opening weekend ever for an animated wow. film. So, I am thinking, which also makes me feel a bit better about my original prediction, is that it's going to make a lot of its money, a lot more of its money overseas than it will back in the states. It's going to you know, get in it, it. So I think my overall prediction for the international box office might actually be um, just about what I expected, rather than you know low like the uh, my domestic American prediction. So yeah, we'll see. Hope, hopefully, my numbers come out to look pretty good. But as always, mm-hmm. I was trying in the dark. Still couldn't figure out what the box off or what the uh, budget for the movie was. So still yeah. couldn't get that down to. To get my perfect prediction, but you know what? Not the end of the world. Yep. Do they normally re- release the uh, budget before the movie is released? They normally release it to select places that sometimes they share that information, but other times mm-hmm. they don't. So sometimes it's accessible for people, you know, it's on the internet. Other times it's not. So in gotcha. this case, I had nothing to go off of other than the budgets for the previous movies so Mm -hmm. that's what we got okay so all right now this past weekend spider-man homecoming came out woo which we're going to talk about very soon yes stay Um, tuned people but before we do that i also predicted what the box office would that would be granted the weekend has already passed and we already know what the actual numbers are but i figured i might as well share with you um what my prediction was, because yep. I can. Um, my prediction was 107 million. That is 10 million lower than the actual number, which is 117 million. Which is very impressive. That's extremely impressive. The reason why I feel better about this 107, you know, than the, than you know, my Despicable Me prediction, is because mm-hmm. my prediction was on was on the higher side. Everyone else was predicting to get like somewhere between eighty-five and one hundred and five. Yeah, uh, and it turns out that this movie, you know, blasted through expectations. At one point, after uh, I think after Friday night or Saturday morning, I saw that its opening day box office was um, leaning towards the uh, weekend getting a hundred, a hundred and five million, which I would have been only off by two million, which is awesome. But then yeah. Spider-Man decided to just make all the money and 
I said was, it was too good for 105 million. Yeah, so not the end of the world. Um, however, my prediction was a lot better than a lot of the others. So yeah, that's good for me. Mm-hmm. And you have one other prediction you wanted to do? Yes. Now I want to share my prediction for this upcoming weekend. The big movie is uh, War of the Planet of the Apes, uh, which I am very excited about. Shout out to Cousin Debbie Zane, who uh, casted it, so slight biases here. Um, (laughs) But I had a tough time with this one because I also didn't have its uh, budget. Budget, yeah. Um, That being said, I have a prediction. I think it's probably a little bit low, but at the same time, I know nothing. Right yeah. now, my, my prediction stands at $66,356,724.94. That's a very precise number you got there. It is. It's not going to get that exact number. But if it gets anywhere close to the $66 million, I'll be very happy. Um, but I think the money will actually, it, the movie will do a bit better. Um, the previous movie, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, got $72 million about. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be a little bit closer to that number. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I don't. I don't know uh, exactly how it'll do. On top of that, I have 181 million for domestic box office and uh, 521 million for the uh, uh, international box office. So we'll see if it uh, gets those numbers. Um, I hope they will. I ho- hope it succe- uh, exceeds those numbers. Um, and so far, from what I've heard from the reviews, this movie's going to be really good. Yeah, the last, you know, the two before this, uh, what was it, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. they were both very good movies, and so I expect a fair amount of excitement over yeah. uh, over this to help boost those numbers. Yep. Sounds good to me. So, yep. those are my predictions. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll let you know on the next episode whether or not I nailed the prediction or if I was... Not as close as I would like to be. So, yep. we'll see. We will see. So now time to get to our main topic of the day. Yeah. It's a little movie that came out this past weekend. Swinging into theaters near you. Yeah, we are currently crawling on the walls with excitement. <laughs> That's all I got, sorry. Let's, let's see, any, 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 more, any more puns that we got? Um... Uh, he, he has his things with the eyes. Can you can see this movie? In, I don't know. That's not a good one. No. You should. It helps with focusing. Nope. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, you know we don't we don't need to force this any more than we already are. <laughs> uh, Spider Man Homecoming came out. Yeah. Yeah. And as we mentioned, it's doing really well in the box office. It's doing really well critically. I think it's at ninety two, ninety three right now in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, something like that. Everyone so. seems to be loving this movie. So, Ryan, thoughts? Oh, I am part of everybody. Pre-spoiler. Pre-spoiler, pre, pre spoiler, of course. I am part of everybody. I very much enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, if you're kind of cautious about it or aren't really sure, you know, if you're feeling kind of meh about another Marvel movie or another Spider-Man movie, trust me, go see this one. It is mm-hmm. a lot of fun, you know, the word I keep coming back to is fun. Like I haven't had this enjoyable of an experience in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I highly recommend everybody go out and see it. You know, they do a good job of 
portraying you know a, a high schooler and a high school you know I saw one of my uh, high school teachers uh, posting on Facebook and talking about you know what it was like to see a really accurate representation of what high school is like you know especially at a you know, at a school like the one Peter Parker goes to mm-hmm. so you know it, it seems to have nailed everything that i was hoping it would nail and so i definitely suggest everybody go out and i definitely think it earned that 117 million so here are my thoughts Mm -hmm. i agree with you almost completely i thought it nailed everything it needed to nail i thought the casting was amazing tom holland was my favorite spider-man michael keaton is an awesome villain one of the best marvel villains that we got um, I thought the tone of it was perfect with the wisecracks, and I thought the mm-hmm. story was good. The pacing was great. Um, I never, I was never bored. Uh, just yeah. throughout the movie, it was just a bunch of a bunch of really great stuff. I thought they used Iron Man in a way that uh, it didn't feel he, they didn't force him in, um, mm-hmm. but it also yeah, like I... it, it it wasn't too much, but it also wasn't too little. Like mm-hmm. everything I thought was really was done in such a great way that being said (laughs) i didn't love this movie really yeah i really wanted to i thought everything was great spider-man is my favorite comic book character and i thought Mm -hmm. that if they would be able to get all of that stuff right for the movie then i would love this movie it would be my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time and they did nail all the stuff but it's not my favorite movie Huh. I don't know. It, that, literally on Friday after I saw the movie, I was freaking out for the entire morning. It's like, wait, so all this stuff is right. All this stuff was just done so well. And why why don't I like it more? Why, why is this not – why did I not have the same reaction uh, that I did after seeing Guardians or even Ant-Man? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe the, it – it might just be superhero fatigue. It it's not superhero fatigue, because I had you know a similar feeling after Wonder Woman earlier in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know it's, I I don't think it's superhero fatigue. It's weird. Yeah. It. I don't know because everything I know about you and I know about this movie is like you would love this movie to death. I know. I know. Well, I have a couple of theories. Uh huh. But I can't get into them until, until we, we get, get into the spoiler spoilers. Part. So Ryan, do you have any more thoughts that you wanted to get out of there before we or get out there before we go into the spoiler section? Yes, uh, you touched on this, but I just want to say for people who are worried that Iron Man is too much of a presence that he kind of takes mm-hmm. over the movie, absolutely not the case, you know, mm-hmm. and that you should, you know, not worry about that and. Like you said, they they had just the right amount of Iron Man to keep the story going and keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're on the fence or not even close to the fence, go see it. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I would. I really, really liked the movie. I thought it was really good, but just didn't take all my awesome movie bone, which huh. is a new thing that I just invented. <laughs> so, it's right next to your funny bone actually it's not weirdly enough it's, it's in a very different really? place 
Yeah, I don't feel like sharing <laughs> that. It's a little bit too personal, but... Okay, um, if you've been listening this long, thank you for staying around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, we're about to get into spoilers, so please come back after you've seen the movie. Um, but before that, make sure you subscribe and like this podcast, Cop Monologuing. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, like our Facebook page. Um, do all that other stuff uh, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, you can find yeah. us. Uh, give us a rating. Uh, if you do, we will read it on the podcast. That's the thing that I said multiple times. I don't think we've gotten any other than nope. the one that that one really nice gentleman did uh, <laughs> in the very beginning that I didn't at all write. Yeah. 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 If if you disagree with anything that we said, uh, if you want to correct us in any way, feel free to contact us or, uh, you or, know, if you or have on any Facebook and on Twitter. If you have any questions you want us to address on one of the podcasts, throw that out right on our Facebook page. We'll, we will respond to you. We have mm-hmm. nothing going on. We have yeah. time to make this podcast. We have time to do whatever we want. Right? Hell yeah. Probably. Maybe. Tell them. Yeah. So do that. Yeah. Um, All right. But yeah, you have to leave now, so bye. 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 Are you ready for spoilers, Ryan? Alright, I'm ready for the spoilers. The spoiler warning has gone off. Okay. Um, I guess I'll kick us off and um, say again that I really loved this movie. You mm-hmm. know, the the thing, only thing I feel like I can compare it to was how I felt after uh, seeing Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. was like you know i spent like the entire second half of this movie like covering my mouth trying not to laugh too loudly mm-hmm. you know you know and i walked out of the theater i felt like giddy almost i i haven't had this yeah. much fun at a movie theater in you know basically since guardians yeah and this is this is definitely one of you know probably it's definitely up in my top three of marvel movies Mm -hmm. i think yeah i think that is a fair assessment for Mm -hmm. me uh i so here is why i don't think it worked as well as Uh it should have i think they missed out on any of the emotional uh connections any any emotional through lines that would have made me really care about what happened in Guardians, mm-hmm. we had the whole thing with like him and his mom that came through at the very end. Because I remember almost crying when I saw that for the first time. At the end of Guardians one, the end of Guardians yeah. two, when Yondu, you know, Mary Poppins, uh, himself, and saved Peter. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, at Ant Man, the whole thing with uh, him and Cassie, his daughter, that was something that worked for me. The whole thing with uh, for Wonder Woman when Chris Pine, you know, flew up in the plane with that relationship. Uh, yeah. What, what other movies do I love? Um, I don't know. I mean, but like, again, it's always just that emotional through line that just gives you that one gut punch at the end that just mm-hmm. brings it all together. This movie, I think, was really missing that. You didn't and, like the stuff with Liz? I mean, the stuff with Liz, Liz was fine, but that wasn't actually an emotional through line. It was just... Well, here's a little bit of teen angst because this is a teenager, um, but mm-hmm. in- instead of having Liz be an actual character, let's just have, you know, the fact that she is the daughter of the Vulture 
be this huge plot point. Uh, yeah. You know, and I thought the scene with Spider-Man and the Vulture in the car um, was probably the best scene in the movie. It was just so tense and like absolutely. I, I thought that was great and extremely well done. Uh, but that being said, like I wish there was more of Aunt May. I didn't like. I did. I never felt worried that her life was in danger, even though he said, "I'm going to find your family and kill them." And I think that would have been nice. I think Aunt May should have had a bigger role. And I'll get back to um, Aunt May a little bit later in this podcast. So I have something else to talk to touch about with her. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not the best phrasing, um, but <laughs> um, no, uh-huh. but. I think also with the whole reveal of the vulture at the end, I don't know why. I kind of saw it coming. Really? Like when it happens, like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I saw that coming, yeah. It, even though I don't think I ever said it to myself, when it happens, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why Why else is Liz this important of a character other than Spider-Man, you know, having a crush on her? I mean, yeah, but that's that's the mark of a good twist, is that it makes sense only in retrospect. Yeah, but it wasn't the one where it was like, it, it didn't hit me in the way that I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, and then after I think about it for a little while, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. For me, it was like, almost immediately, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It was a little mm-hmm. bit too fat. Like the, and I get how that, it worked so much better on so many other people. Just for me, I felt like I already knew that was coming. And, like, it was kind of like deja vu that I knew that that was going to be the twist in the movie, even though I didn't actually know that was going to be the twist in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I think it didn't, or that twist didn't really, like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, a blow-me-away kind of, wow, that was a really big twist. It was a kind of, oh, I didn't, like... I saw it happen, and at that moment I gasped, and then immediately I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Now what's going to happen? You know, because now Peter's launched into this, you know, completely different scene mm. that he was not expecting. And, you know, I was, you know, it didn't, I didn't feel surprised as much as I felt curious about how are they going to handle this. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. It just didn't hit me as. Yeah. I would have liked it to. Mm-hmm. But and I, I think... definitely, I see what you mean about the emotional through lines too. You know, mm-hmm. this movie definitely was lacking that, which might be, pro- it's probably one of the reasons I liked it more is it mm-hmm. felt much more lighthearted and that the stakes were, you know, much smaller, you know, in a universe where, you know, things keep building and building and building. It felt nice yeah. to have something well, small. I think... I'll, I'll touch on, on, on both of those points. I think, mm-hmm. for, for the stakes, I think the stakes were much smaller than this to the point that it was kind of non-existent. Yeah. Like, the no, only I thing that kind of he agree. was... Like, no one was in danger. It didn't have, like, that scene in the original Spider-Man where it was a bus of children versus uh, MJ, and he had to decide mm-hmm. who to save or whatever. Or yeah. whatever that was the case, the case was that. it's They didn't have, like, where where you really felt the stakes. It was just, here, let me just make sure all of these weapons and stuff, you know, are are not yeah. given to bad guys. It's Yeah, the it's only like, scene right, like that was the fairy scene. And, you know, it's I get it, 
and I, I understand that it is that having the, having it work with the lower stakes is great. I just wish mm-hmm. that there was someone on the plane. Happy was on the plane. Maybe that would have been. Yeah, that I that, that might have helped. Preferred that honestly. Um, I was surprised there wasn't, even though I know they're trying to make this futury or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I would have. Yeah, I definitely agree. I would have liked if Happy had been on the plane. Yeah. Um, so. But, thought that was yeah. and then the going back to the other thing about the uh emotional through line i think having the emotional through line doesn't necessarily weigh down a movie like in guardians one did it weigh down the movie with the whole thing with his mom and you know the you know the, that family coming did it weigh down the we are Groot? i don't think it did no. i i think that a great movie can have that emotional through line but doesn't bark down the rest of the movie with it. Yeah. So no, I definitely agree. I, I agree with what you're saying, which is why I kind of never, I don't think of this as a great movie. Mm-hmm. The, the word I keep coming back to is fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, it's, it's a not... ridiculously fun movie. I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason why my attitude towards my attitude towards it right now is a little bit more, not necessarily sour, but a little bit more sad, is because yeah. I really I wanted this to be my my favorite movie. I wanted this to be my favorite superhero movie because I love Spider Man and I love you know all that comes you know all that it did and I just I didn't and that just made me sad. Um, yeah. but whatever. Uh, so I, I'm gonna get back to to the point that also has related to the emotional through line with Aunt May. It's something that I was very sad about. That is a spoiler for the very last second of the movie. Oh, yes. Uh, at the very end of the movie, Aunt May walks in and sees Peter as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That was a very funny moment. Yes. But I was really pissed off that they did that. Really? In the Ultimate, Com- in the Ultimate Spider-Man comic book, one of my uh-huh. favorite issues and the one that I probably remember the most didn't have that much fighting in it. It was the issue right after Aunt May realized that Peter was Spider-Man. It was uh-huh. two-thirds of the issue was probably Aunt May in therapy talking with her therapist about her thoughts and just how she feels going through it. Um, mm-hmm. I'd get it that that was a much more, you know, weighty issue that would have, you know, probably weighed down on the story or something like that. But yeah, I think that's something that they could have explored in one of the movies. Had that just, you know, mother son bond or aunt son, aunt kid aunt nephew bond? Yeah, yeah. Just exploring that might have been more interesting than just having it be a gag that ends the movie that they're not going to touch on, because after this comes Infinity War, and then after Infinity War comes you know Homecoming, which is right after Infinity War. So he's not going to have time to, or the movies aren't going to have time to have Aunt May cope with what's going on mm-hmm. and i no. wish they did i thought that would have been really juicy really interesting to see and i understand it's not necessarily the perfect tone for spider-man but having that maybe ha- having Aunt may go through that like on top of you know what spider-man's already doing that could have been interesting that could have been you know a lot of fun or and you know i mean made, made a really good good movie but yeah. I'm so I'm I'm upset they just use that as a throwaway joke rather than a 
you know, storyline, but whatever. I don't know. I'm, I, I very much disagree with this. I Mm -hmm. think I'm kind of glad that they did that. Um, basically for all the reasons that you hate it is I, I'm not sure I want to see that, you know, Marvel has, you know, and all superhero movies, you know, have so much other stuff going on now that I like that Marvel's kind of diversifying and just says, okay, Spider-Man will be fun. It'll be lighthearted. We don't need to, you know, worry about all the emotional implications about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be for, you know, kids, you know, who just want to have a good time or adults who want to have a good time, you know, more than it can be about, you know, Winter Soldier, which was a political commentary as much as it was an action movie or... so, so. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you, and I'm not saying what, what they should do is in Spider-Man to have Aunt May, you know, go through like a mental breakdown and like go to therapy and have that scene directly from the comic. But I think you could do that. You could like have Aunt May being like the overprotective aunt, you know, telling Spider-Man not to go out and do things. You could have scenes like that that don't necessarily weigh down the movie it can even be funny scenes where spider-man's trying to sneak out from aunt may who's trying to keep him inside because she knows if he goes out he's going to be spider-man they could do mm-hmm. stuff like that that'd be really interesting and you know even funny and lighthearted. um yeah but still have some emotional weight behind it that makes mm-hmm. it yeah made it made it more interesting also, I could definitely see them doing that kind of stuff in Homecoming 2 or yeah. Spider-Man 2, whatever it's called. And I, I could see that. And I, I also think what I'm arguing isn't necessarily to make the best Spider-Man movie that the most people will enjoy that will work um, as like a different feeling for Marvel. Because I, I totally get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I just want Spider-Man to be the perfect movie for me just because... You know, because you're you. I love Spider-Man, and I really wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really wanted them to make the perfect Spider-Man movie for me, and they made a really great Spider-Man movie. It just wasn't the perfect one for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's why I love Pixar so much. You know, because they have these fun comedy animation stories that always have like that emotional through line that mm-hmm. that gets to me almost every time. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. I digress. I don't know. I feel like, you know, I I definitely agree, you know, with everything, but maybe it's just because I've started watching so many more movies lately that I feel mm-hmm. like every movie has been like that, or at least all the movies I like, especially the Marvel movies, you know, are, you know, kind of funny, kind of action-y and have this emotional part to it. And, you know, Pixar has the emotional part and the funny part. And it was nice to just have something that was you know just funny and actiony and i didn't have to that's fair you know which i suppose is kind of the reason i didn't get into guardians 2 quite as much as you did yeah because it had that emotional through line and i you know wasn't quite as happy as having it as i was without so i really like emotional through lines that's why i love guardians 2 that's why i love cars 3 because it had the whole thing with the you know mentors and stuff and like yeah it makes mm-hmm. sense i am very big on that emotional like if it, if a movie has that and i'm i'm good i'm set and i guess to also agree with your point to have like a movie that is just purely lighthearted and fun that's why i watched the bachelorette that's just it's purely <laughs> watching that you know it's, that, it's like two hours 
two hours plus a week of just you know brainless watching you know guys fight with each other uh in or going to the swiss alps or doing stupid stuff that's why i'm really excited for bachelor in paradise that's I mean, that, that's why I watch those shows, not necessarily because they're uh, television masterpieces, just because they're fun and stupid. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Whatever. Let's get back to things that we did really like about the movie. Um, uh, let's talk about the cast a little bit. I was about um, to say that, yes. So yeah. I think, or at least let's go through all of the friends, because there is one spoiler towards the end, which... I also have a little bit of a complaint about, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, I was going to say that I love Ned. I thought he was hilarious. I, th- I think he might have been my favorite part of the movie. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. I thought he was great. Um, you know, I was I was so happy for him when he got to be the... Uh, the guy in the chair. The ki- yes, the guy in the, the chair. That was awesome. It was great. That was great. Um, I thought Liz was fine. She... Uh, my my biggest problem with Liz and my sister also. This is the first thing she noticed about the movie. Mm-hmm. Liz is does not look like she's in high school. She's the only one of the high school kids that doesn't really look like she's in high school. Yeah, that's the only downside. Other than that, she was perfectly good. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She. she, she I know she's supposed work, to. But... She's supposed to be a senior, and they're all underclassmen or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's clear yeah. that she's older than them, but still, I definitely agree. She looks like she's, you know, 25 or something. She looks like she is uh, a cradle robber, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my only problem with Liz. But uh, other than that, she was great. Um, the morning announcements, um, so funny. Oh, God, it yes. so funny. It was so on point too. It's, yeah, it was amazing. Um, uh, yeah, and the the girl that's in the morning announcement, she didn't really have a big part in the movie, but uh, she was also in um, what's it called? The movie with uh, uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling and um, the Nice Guys. Yeah, that was oh. a great movie, and she was great in that. Um, she didn't have a huge role in this movie, but hopefully, you know, her role gets expanded going forward. Um, mm-hmm. as Betty Brant, uh, which it might because she's a real character from the Spider-Man stories, and that could lead to something good. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Uh, who else was great? Uh, Michael Keaton, of course. Of course, Michael Keaton. I mean, we don't really need to go too much into that. Um, yeah. I thought all, all of the uh, assistant bad guys were good. Um, Bokeem Woodbine and the guy before him as the Shocker. I th- mm-hmm. I I love the Shocker. I thought that was a great, a great number two bad guy in the movie. And they didn't do it in a way that it was too much, like in let's say Amazing yeah. Spider-Man two or Spider-Man three, where they have too many villains. Yeah. They did it in a way that he was just enough on top of the Vulture to fill out the movie. Yeah, I thought that was great. And I'm a huge fan of Bokeem Woodbine. I thought Donald Glover was awesome yeah um, i didn't know he was in this i was surprised so yeah yeah um so here's something that i think you will mm-hmm. appreciate he has yeah. a nephew in peter parker's area he did mention that yeah yeah he he also is a you know a low-level criminal uh-huh want to know who has a low-level criminal uncle in the uh comics 
uh, who lives wait, in the wait, same wait. area as Spider-Man? Let me guess. Is it Miles Morales? It's Miles Morales. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't know if that's where they're going, but I think the fact that there is a chance that they get Donald Glover to be the uncle, you know, eventually when they do bring Miles Morales into the MCU, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. Yeah, that that does explain why they got such a big person to be a relatively smallish role. Yeah. Oh yeah. So hopefully that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that was cool. Uh, let's see what other, what else can we talk about? We're still saving the big end spoiler to the last of the people. Of uh, anyone else? Aunt May. Do you have any thoughts about uh, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May? She was pretty good. I very much liked the. Uh the montage of her getting uh peter ready for homecoming mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I thought she was great i thought she probably should have been a little bit more but i already talked about that um yeah. uh again when i when i was talking to my sister about it her problem was that she looked too young mm-hmm. um which not necessarily compared to the other you know aunt may's but just compared to other moms, it just looked like she was too close in age. That yeah. being said, it's actually pretty accurate because Marissa Tomei actually just looks really good for fifty three, rather than <laughs> rather than being too close. Because in, in terms of actual Wait, age, she's it makes 53? sense. Fifty three. Oh yeah, she's fifty three, and um, what's his? Oh my god, and uh. Tom Holland is, I think, twenty one. So the age difference actually age difference actually makes perfect sense for yeah. for, for, for for those characters. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I was perfectly fine with that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was happy with that. Um, yeah. And the other characters. Oh, what you th- what would you think of Flash? Oh, fl- oh. Um, I I like Flash. I, I I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Tony. Reveroli, I think is his last name. Um, I mean, I thought I so. he he been in a bunch of stuff before that I really liked. I thought he was really good as just a really obnoxious rich kid that was mean yeah. and called people <laughs> Penis Parker and or called called Peter Parker Penis Parker. Like I thought that was just so simple and stupid and funny. Um, yeah. That it worked. and also just you know very accurate to how it would actually work. Yeah, because I knew plenty of people just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was a good interpretation of Flash. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I okay. hope he shows up more, I think. Okay. But... So then the last big reveal that we need to talk about, mm-hmm. Michelle, played by Zendaya, who was, who was great throughout the movie, turns out all of her friends call her MJ. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. was, you know, obviously very surprised by this, but also... You were surprised by that? I mean, not really. Okay. I didn't know it going in, but, like, as soon as she said it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I read too many articles but... speculating that she was beforehand to uh-huh. make it make sense. Um, but also, good for Tom Holland for having a thing for black girls. Yeah, Who would have thought Peter Parker. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, so... Yeah. I like that. I'm actually a fan of having Michelle become MJ. I think that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I would have 
I thought there could have been a better way to introduce that. Like, instead of having her say all of my friends call me MJ, having a little bit too on the nose, maybe have, like, her mom pick her up from school saying, MJ, come to the car, and then she leaves. Like, wait, you're MJ? It's like, yeah, uh, that's what my mom calls me, Michelle Jr. And then that would have been a more, like, a natural <laughs> way to do it, but whatever. I, that's just me nitpicking. I, I thought the rest of that was just great, and I'm excited to see, uh, you know, her and Peter in the next movie. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, there was something I was about to say. Was it about dragons? No, but it should have been. Was it about Pepper Potts showing up at the end of the movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, that I was surprised by. I was, too. I, that was the only, like, surprise that I was, like, surprised, surprised about. Yeah, so, so now I'm that was cool. very confused. Are they are they engaged now? Are, I mean, they're back together. They're not engaged. I think they were going through a fight during uh, Civil War. Um, but I think they've gotten back together mm-hmm. since then. Yeah. Uh, it got yeah. rocky temporarily, but I think they wanted to keep that relationship there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't entirely know what's going on there. I think this might be explained a little bit more in Infinity War because I'm pretty sure she's going to be. She has to be in for that. If, I would if hope only so, for yeah. a small part, or at least yeah. have something that explains what's going on. Because it seemed like that they were done at during Infinity or during a Civil War, um, but yeah. it seemed like that they were got back together for this. So I don't know. It's I don't know. it's confusing, mm-hmm. but. Good for yeah. them. Did we want to talk about the uh, the MCU's timeline problem? What timeline problem? Uh, that this was supposed to be like eight years after uh, Iron Man 1 or something. I forget exactly what the problem was, but something about the math of the timeline. Uh I mean, this was eight years after Iron Man Two, because a little kid that was almost blown up by the robot with the Iron Man mask and tried to stop it. That was Peter Parker. That was what people were saying. And in the the cleanup after Avengers, it was right. They did that oh, okay. the very first scene, and then it said eight years later. Uh, which I don't know exactly, but I'm pretty sure that's too far forward. I it's not because this movie takes place it's four not. months after Civil War. Not a year after Civil War. Okay. That 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 that's the discrepancy in time. The it's eight years after the whole Avengers thing. Uh, is mm-hmm. that was twenty ten? It's twenty seventeen now. So yeah. And last year was twenty. Or no, yeah. Um. Wait. So that was twenty ten. No, uh-huh. wait. Okay. All right, I got this. Back up, back up. Okay. Rolling back the tape. So there is never a specific time for the Avengers necessarily. We do uh-huh. know that all of phase one, with the exception of Iron Man, happened within one week. Okay. That is something that's been talked about. That all kind of happened in like the same week. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so we know after that, uh, sometime between, you know, I guess Iron Man two and the Avengers. That's when the Avengers actually happened. 
So I'm pretty sure eight years could make sense because Civil War takes place in 2016. So Homecoming takes place in uh, 2016 as well. So then 2008. I guess that makes sense. I think so. Because Happy says, I've been holding on to this ring since 2008. So, but that um, would have been... Okay, well, that that was Iron Man. Yeah. That's when Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk came out. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, because there might be a little bit of a timeline issue, but, like, come on, Ryan, who cares about that? <laughs> I don't know, I just see people on Twitter complaining about it, so... I mean, that's something I didn't have a problem with. Given all the things that I had a problem about with this movie, uh, it's nice <laughs> to know that I'm actually on the right side for once. So, yeah. No, so uh, the happy line uh, makes sense because mm-hmm. that's when Iron Man came out. Um, yeah. I'm sure there is some timeline that makes sense that Marvel has. They just haven't released it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's all fine. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Uh, it's all good. Um, also, that Spider-Man outfit looked pretty cool. All I have to say. The end of the movie. Yeah. What? What was that? What? Oh, that Spider-Man movie or the Spider-Man costume that uh, Tony was gonna give him at the end of the movie. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, I. <laughs> that was really cool. I really want to yeah. see what kind of tech was inside of that, you know, if that's supposed to be even better than the one he already has. Yeah, crazy. I'm also excited to see what, um, what he has in his costume now because I'm sure he still hasn't figured it all out. Um, oh yeah. That being said, all right. One last nitpick on my on my part. Um, uh-huh. I thought this movie was missing, uh, a Spider-Man is awesome scene. Like one oh, scene like in the a, movies where yeah. you're watching, like, oh yeah, that's that makes sense. Spider Man is the coolest ever. Just like in Wonder Woman when she was mm-hmm. like destroying that town, that was an awesome scene. Or yeah. even in the, like the first Spider Man when he was like swinging through the city, it's the first time we ever had to see that. That was a really cool moment. We didn't get anything like that in this movie. True. I would have I mean, liked something like that. I I definitely agree. I would have liked it, but I'm not sure that it would have worked well because it you know his whole arc in this movie is he's trying to have that he's trying to have that moment in the first place so he can you know show iron man how awesome he is so 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 then i guess that being said that probably should have happened in that final battle yeah i don't think it did yeah unless you count him turning the airplane or whatever Mm. but yeah, no, not really. Not really. I mean, they showed that in the trailer. Which, by the way, the trailers, I hated them. Turned out they didn't real, uh, reveal as much as we thought, so. Yeah. That's, yeah. still don't like them, but better than the terribleness we thought it was. Yes. I mean, basically because of those trailers, I went into this very cautious with low-ish expectations. Yeah. Which is probably why it seemed really, really good to me. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ryan, for texting me right before I went to see it, saying, "Oh my God, this is incredible." 
Um, I forgot time zones were a thing, and I figured yeah. you had seen it already, or that you were in the middle of seeing it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, th- the thing was, um, my my sister again, who, who she got to see it before it came out. She got one of the advanced screenings. Uh huh. She kind of agrees with me on a lot of this stuff, um, or she she agreed with me on a lot of this stuff, but um, she saw it before, so she tempered my expectations. And then you built them up at the last second. Like I thought I was going in like in the right mindset, and then you just blew that all out the window. So thanks, know, Ryan. I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry. But regardless, thank you, Ryan, for uh, you know talking about uh, talking about Spider-Man with me, listening to me rant about my all of my tiny qualms with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Um. And thank you for listening, listeners at home. Unless you have anything else you want to add, Ryan. No, I think that's it. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening, and thank you for subscribing and liking and following and giving us a review. It's giving us three, two reviews, three reviews. We'll take as many reviews as you can give us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, I think that's it. Any more shameless plugs? Oh, yeah, Onset with Errol Koenig. Um, we should be getting something sometime soon, hopefully. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but we still have a bunch of great yep. stuff from before. A uh, bunch of great stuff. Also, including uh, Ali Scholl, production designer, uh, who I have in one of my uh, previous episodes that was also the production designer of this movie, Spider-Man. So be sure to check that out. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have the production designer of Spider-Man, uh, Suicide Squad, Man from Uncle. Uh, he's done a bunch of great, uh, a bunch, of, a bunch of great, really cool looking stuff. So uh, be sure to check all that out. Um, you know, like subscribe to that. But more importantly, like and subscribe uh, to this podcast, Hot Monologuing. Yep. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.